As the official healthcare provider of Minnesota United, Alina Health is focused on keeping our loons in top condition. And with expertise in orthopedics, sports medicine, heart care, and more, Alina has the team to keep your family in the game too. The experts at Alina Health take the time to get to know you as a whole person, helping you achieve wellness for your mind, body, and spirit. It's an altogether better kind of healthcare. Learn more at alinahealth.org. Welcome back to another episode of Sound of the Loons presented by Alina Health. The season is officially upon us. I feel like we've been talking about it. I, I got an email the other day that said it's been 74 days since the MLS Cup final to the opening day, which is technically on Wednesday, February 21st, where Miami takes on Real Salt Lake. 74 days, the shortest offseason in MLS history. But yet it seems like it's been so long and we finally get to actually talk about the season. And I get to be joined by DJ Taylor, the DJ Taylor, Mr. Right back, although play left back, pretty much do whatever's asked of you at any time. How are you today and are you ready for Saturday? Yeah, I'm doing good. Hope you're having a good day as well. And uh, yeah, we're definitely ready for Saturday and guys are itching to get out there. Yeah, I mean, it's 48 degrees, the sun is shining, the snow is melting. It's not too bad of a return when you came back from Coachella, because I'll tell you what, those pictures looked pretty incredible. It's not a bad, that's not a bad backdrop, and that grass looked pretty nice as well. Yeah, Coachella's been awesome. Being able to go there the last two years has been amazing, and the weather, yeah, the weather and the scenery is, is kind of like a movie, to be honest. Yeah, there's there's a reason why all like the tech giants started flooding to uh, that area of the country like during the winter months because it's just so beautiful. You could see why everyone would want to be there, but also just a fantastic um, atmosphere for training, uh, good competition. I mean, it doesn't really feel like there's any negatives to sort of wrap up your preseason aside from the fact that you're just itching and ready to play real games that count. Yeah, definitely. It's like that cool experience for fans too that get to come and see teams in preseason play against each other. So they get a close look at at us. So that's really cool to experience that too for them. So talk to me. Let's just rewind here. Talk to me about the end of 2023. I haven't had the chance to talk to you. Um, not not the season that the team wanted, not the season that the club wanted, I'm sure, to to wrap up the way you guys did. But what were your all overall thoughts on 2023? And then we'll only look forward and ahead to the positive. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it ended as a whirlwind kind of for me. Uh, you know, last year's first red card, first time I got <laughs> yellow cards. So I guess you can see how all that aggression was was coming out. Um, but no, yeah, obviously it ended disappointing. Guys were very disappointed like that. It's always tough because, like you said, you know, the offseason actually felt super long because you go out so early. That's kind of the price you pay. Um, so, yeah, I think it just didn't end the way we wanted it to. You know, I think there's a lot of ups and downs throughout the season. You know, for example, starting out, like, we won the first five games. Uh, and we had some injuries there. We had, like, good stints of winning the running Leagues Cup. Um, so it's like we were just falling just short of where we could actually truly be. 
Uh, and that's kind of how it finished. But right now, the guys are in a great mindset. We're ready for Saturday. Uh, the club's still growing. We know that. So honestly, we're kind of just depending on each other to get through this time and and should know that we have to perform for ourselves, for the fans, and for our families. Well, I feel like when you just talked about 2023, that season, is sort of what sums it up. Maybe the inconsistency, right? You guys started off with a bang, had this incredible stretch, even without Emmanuel Reynoso, not back in the fold yet. You guys were proving everybody wrong. Maybe all the doubters, because everybody's like, you guys are missing your number 10. You guys did out, went out and did your thing. And then the ups and downs, League's Cup, it's a lot of games. It's a lot of competition. U.S. Open Cup thrown in there as well. And then you you know jump right back into MLS play right out of League's Cup and the All-Star break. So when you look at looking ahead to 2024, having to rely a little bit on each other and, and yourselves as a team, as a cohesive group, what has the offseason been like for you? Did you take some time to like mentally regroup, unwind? Did you go on any vacation, spend time with the family, go back home? How do you reset mentally, physically, emotionally in the offseason before you head into 2024? Yeah, I definitely took some time off to just decompress everything, especially with the way it ended with, you know, Adrian leaving the club, uh, which was bittersweet because he had brought me up. Uh, so I'd, we had a good relationship and uh, I got my first chance with him in MLS. So, um, yeah, it was a whole whirlwind. But, yeah, I definitely just relaxed. Uh, I usually just relax with family, with my wife. Um, we did a delayed honeymoon. So we went on our honeymoon. We went to the DR for two weeks. So that nice. was really nice. It was almost like too much time. Um, <laughs> we could have just done like a week, to be honest, because then we're both itching to start continuing to do things. But that time was really nice just to unwind, relax on the beach and, uh, you know, kind of just reflect on things, how it went and then look forward to 2024. And then, you know, I think I only rested like two weeks off. Um, so since it was a longer off season, I was trying to focus on just keeping the engine running and doing a lot of maintenance stuff. And luckily it's all led up to now we're in preseason last preseason, I was hurt with like tendonitis and this preseason I've had no injury so far. So I think the hard work has paid off. So we're all super excited for 2024. Talk to me about heading back into training camp, back into preseason. When you look at this core group of guys, what was that like when you, I mean, I'm sure you were doing some workouts. Maybe you were in a little bit early. I don't know what, you know, where you're living full time now and whatnot, but when you guys all get back in that locker room together and you step foot on the field, even though you know the, the fitness test and the beep test and whatever else is ahead of you, what's that like when this group gets back together again? Because you guys have a solid roster and a solid group of guys that are returning for this season. Yeah, it's nothing but good vibes. You know, obviously we still have the core squad of of starters who are really good um, and we have the tools necessary to to win a cup in MLS, I believe. Um, but then also with a whole bunch of new faces. So it was really cool to see how that kind of integrated together. And luckily, everyone's been really cool, good people. Um, and there's been no conflict between teammates whatsoever, really. Um, but yeah, so it was just good. I mean, it's always good the first week just to get back to each other, passing the ball with each other, doing the little things. Um, you know, after a couple of days off, that wears off because you're here to work. So um, yeah, it's been cool just seeing the whole group integrate themselves with, with the new players. With some of those new players and a, and a lot of young players that have been with you guys for preseason, there's been an emphasis on that, you know, whether it's um, with Cameron Knowles taking the the reins and you had a lot of twos there and maybe some academy players joining you guys in the, in the draft picks and whatnot. How do you um, find yourself useful and helpful to those guys coming into that atmosphere to a group that's been together? Because you had to do much the same when you went, you know, came into Minnesota United. How do you kind of 
impart your wisdom on those guys? Yeah, it's a lot of just side conversations and talking throughout training, especially when guys, when they struggle or if they're feeling pressure. Um, a lot of the guys, like I said, all the guys on our team are really good, especially the more experienced ones. Um, so we just have our little side conversations. We tell them moments where they need to hear, uh, you know, hey, you need to do this. And this is what is being asked of you. Um, whether they take it or not, it's up to them. But we're all here willing to help them through it. And that's kind of what preseason has been cool to see them grow as themselves. Because, uh, you know, they might get called up in at any moment to play with us. So we everybody was just preparing each other no matter what level they were at uh, during this preseason. It was really cool to see that. We're going to play a quick reaction here. I'm going to say something and you give me your immediate response. First thing that comes to your brain, as long as it's appropriate for the podcast. Okay. Cameron Knowles. Awesome. Awesome. What what makes him awesome? How has he been in this? I know you knew him from before. It's not like yeah. he's a brand new guy, but in this role, what do you like about him? What has been so awesome about Cameron Knowles? I think the biggest thing, which he's echoed with us since day one, was just being 100% transparent. Um, and we may not have gotten that before, but with Cameron, you definitely get that, you know, whether it's talking about playing was, okay, I'm requiring this of you or, okay, this is the situation at the club. This might happen, you know, in the next few weeks or whatever it is. Um, Cam has been hundred percent transparent and that's all we can ask for, especially as players, you know, cause as the clubs we're building, we know this, you know, we know we might have to do things on our own as a team. When we play out between the white lines, we might have to sort it out ourselves, but um, Cameron's been really awesome in that aspect as a as a coach, but also as like uh, a friend, I guess, in a sense. When you look at the um, situation that he's kind of been put in and that he's taken on, right, as Sean McCauley left, he, you know, Cameron was on the bench as an assistant coach last year when, when Sean McCauley took over. But when you look at the situation that he's taken on and just the day-by-day -day nature of it and sort of just taking what comes as it comes, do you think that it's um, – a little bit easier for you guys to relate to that scenario because you're all kind of in the same boat, right? You're sort of just going with the flow right now, relying on each other, doing what you can. Do you think it makes it a little bit more relatable because he's in much the same scenario that you guys are? Yeah, I think 100%. Like like I said, we're in the same boat. Uh, you know, he may not know what's going on in the next two weeks, but he's going to just tell us everything he knows, you know? So we kind of already have that trust already established. Um, and he knows that he's getting the most out of us every day, um, regardless of what's going on around the club. Um, he knows we're getting and going to give 100% and, and we're getting that in return from him. So it's been it's been cool like that. So you guys hop on the plane, you head to Tucson. That's your first preseason trip. You're mm -hmm. getting down there. You're getting to work on some things. Were there any thoughts or um, feelings about like, hey, What's what's the plan tactically? What's the thought process? You guys just going out there and playing soccer because so much of the game anyways, right? Is it's fluid. It's reading the game as it goes. It's there's clearly ideas, philosophy, styles. And in the last few years, it's been a four, two, three, one, you know, very um, uh, it's, it's been very consistent in that manner. Mm. Well, how did you guys feel going to Tucson with Cameron at the helm and just trying to kind of sort through some of that? Did you guys have any meetings, any team meetings, any conversations about, hey, what's what's kind of the plan going forward here just from a soccer perspective? Yeah, I mean, we all were pretty much asking the same questions. You know, what's our style going to be like? Is it going to be different? What's changing? Um, and luckily with the introduction of Khaled, that made it a lot easier. Um, we had individual meetings with him and then... Um, with Cam, yeah, we started to have conversations. Okay, this is what we're going to do. So, like I said, it was actually the opposite of, like, just going out and playing. It was more like, let's. it's a more controlled environment. 
that may be a little bit less intense, but we're focusing more on the philosophies, the movements and stuff like that. And, you know, most of the stuff we've gotten echoed is playing this kind of high pressure, aggressive style, um, almost defending 1v1 at times in the back, which is, I think, perfectly sets up to how our players are built within the team. We definitely have like a possession kind of free flow team that um, we have enough quality to break teams down and break lines. So um, I'm curious to see how it works. Uh, but like preseason since Tucson, every time we've tried the style has done pretty well, um, especially I think in the last game against Charlotte, it really showed um, how we could uh, implicate that into a real, real game with real competition. So I'm excited about it to, to keep learning it and keep growing it. Um, and we'll see how it goes. You mentioned Khaled there, the new um, chief soccer officer joining you guys. He came down to Tucson and did meetings with all of you. Now that you have to share your individual one-on-one uh, -on -one conversation, but what was your first impression of him? What's your overall sort of thought and feeling um, when you guys finally got to meet him face-to-face -face and, and get going on that? Yeah, I mean, he made it very clear from the first time we met him and when you talked to him in person about what he's here to do, which is to win. Um, so we all definitely respect that because I feel like that's what the clubs are missing. Um, so, and we all want to win. So everybody agrees with, with what he's saying and, you know, everybody's still being open to changing the environment and what we're in because we know it needs to be better. So, um, that's kind of his main message was that he's here to win and whatever necessary cost that is, that's what it's going to be. And, and we have to be able to adapt. Um, but also he's been cool and trying to get to know us, like, you know, we've had those one-on-one -on -one meetings outside of the team meetings. And then, you know, we're, he's going to have us fill out like a questionnaire where we, he can get to know like our families and other things like that. So it's really cool to see both sides of him. And obviously we're still getting to know him, but from first impressions, you know, it's kind of just like he's here for business. So, um, you know, you can always appreciate someone like that. You don't have to wait for spring to start playing the beautiful game. Starting in February, Minnesota United has a full slate of academy and youth camps scheduled throughout 2024. Show off your skills, take your game to the next level, and enjoy some quality time on the field with MNUFC's licensed academy staff. Visit the Camps and Combines page on MNUFC.com for more information. Yeah, it's interesting when I did the um, I did a podcast with him a couple of weeks ago when he first or when he came back from Tucson, I think it was. And I mean, it was clear as day that exactly as you said, he wants to win, but he's willing to do the work to get there. But also he understands that to get there, he's a very much a people person, mm. like understanding the importance of every single person within the organization, top to bottom, front to back. And getting to know that at the end of the day, you guys are all people, you're all human beings, you're not just robots, you know, everybody's functioning. He's done like every job, he's been a kit man, he's been, he's done everything within a club so he can understand, appreciate, respect those different scenarios. Um, when you look at this team, and you just talked about sort of this high pressing nature, if you had to compare it to something or like a hybrid of, you know, how every, every club plays in this, in this league, I asked him myself, I'm like, okay, are we talking Red Bulls high press? Or we he's a big Liverpool, he's a big, you're, you know, Klopp fan. Yeah. Like, what style are we talking here when you, when you look ahead? Yeah, what he's 
told us is basically like Tottenham Liverpool style. Uh, not really Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, not that. <laughs> not like that. Yeah. High yeah. press, long ball. Um, we're kind of just high press when in higher up the field so we can create more chances higher up the field and, and defending aggressively so we don't have to defend backwards. Um, that's kind of the best way to kind of describe it. But yeah, I'd say kind of like a Tottenham Liverpool stylist. Mm -hmm. When you look at you personally, where do you think you've grown the most in your career and especially with your time at Minnesota United? What do you think, you know, looking back at year one, year two, and, you know, as you've gone into this role of a starting right back as a fullback, as a wing back, whatever we're calling it these days, where do you think you've grown the most? And what do you think you most need to improve on when you look back and, and look ahead? Yeah, I think I think I've grown probably most just in my standards of competition. Um you know, I think I had a pretty good baseline coming from USL, but obviously MLS is a different level. You're facing different attackers. So I think the biggest thing was for me to be able to adapt so quickly once I finally did get a chance, uh, being able to adapt to the level of MLS and and learn what it takes to defend at the next level. And then now I think the next challenge for me is, okay, well, what is it like to reach the next level? Once you reach certain goals, how do you reach the next ones? And I'm trying to find different ways where I do that, whether that's, you know, leading more people on the field or being like 100% with my tackles uh, and stuff like that. Um, but I think now I need to work on, or what I believe I need to work on is kind of the attacking phase of things. So once I get in those dangerous spots, just ex executing, whether that's the cross or picking out the right person or shooting, uh, sometimes I'm crossing it when I should be shooting if I'm inside the box. So being more selfish in that sense, um, being more lethal in the final third is something I want to focus on this year and and just get better at crossing and things like that so I can set up set up my teammates. So you just talked about the attacking phase, but what 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 do you pride yourself more on? Like, are you do you find more joy in just shutting somebody down one v one, or do you find more joy in pe beating somebody on the dribble to get to the end line and serve the perfect ball in? Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's hard. Like defending for me is kind of like a love hate relationship. <laughs> you know, I feel Explain like that. you get all the credit when you can, especially like in MLS. There's a lot of one v one situations, especially like with the left winger, and teams look to expose that all the time. So when you're just out there on an island, one v one against someone, I think it's almost like fun sometimes. Except mm -hmm. if you get beat, but <laughs> um, you know, having a couple of goes and just going at it, I think is is really fun. But it's also not fun because it's a lot of hard work. You know, you know, going against attackers who are really skilled is is very tough. Um, but yeah, I think it's like a love hate relationship. But I think it's definitely more exciting when I get into the attacking phase and can start doing things like I get much joy out of assisting teammates you know, with the final cross or whatever it is, or even if it's a third assist, you know, helping to build up through that play. I think that's where I find the most joy. Is that the like worst dreaded, awful feeling when you get all the way to the end line and then the ball gets cleared out and you're like, oh my God, I have to run 120. Yeah. Like there goes the ball and the attack, <laughs> even though, you know, Will Trap or somebody's going to be dropping for you. Somebody's going to cover, somebody's going to slide. You're still looking there going, oh Lord. I've got to get haul, get on my horse and haul all the way back there. Yeah, that's always <laughs> tough, but I feel like that's a part of the job you sign up for, right? So uh, and you never know what can happen. You can always make a, a change in the play. You don't know if it's going to take 10 seconds, five seconds. Um, you have to just believe that you'll have an influence because it can happen where the attack gets delayed and you do end up making a play from that like 100-yard sprint. Um, but yeah, that's definitely the worst, especially if you know like, oh, I could have played that ball better 
or cross because you do all the hard work to get in that position. Um, and it's not worth it if you don't play a good cross. So yeah, that's definitely probably the worst feeling. Or if you overlap and then it like, gets passed out of bounds too far or something like that. So <laughs> well, it used to always it used to always be the case. Like if your defender's gonna make that dang run, you better give him the ball. Yeah, you know, like exactly. when you make that run and then you don't get the ball, it's even like worse. It's like you gotta kind of pay it forward if yeah. you're in the field or you're somewhere else on the pitch. Like you, or, you take the time to make that run. Yeah, or at least like get a shot off that's on target and <laughs> makes the keeper work, not just miss or whatever it is. But yeah, I think like I said, it's it's part of the job as a, as an outside back and, and the way the game is changing every year. So yeah. Well, and the other thing is too, is like, you kind of have to commit, you know, you can't mm -hmm. like half like, Hey, maybe I'll go, maybe, you know, once you make that decision, you have to kind of, you have to be like fully committed to it. You can't be like half your brain is half in the attack, half in the defense. You know, you kind of right. got to make a decision to stay or go. Yeah. And that's what I think is good about this new style we're playing. It's very versatile where we're pressing or winning in a higher spot. So I don't have to make 40 yard runs. Now I'm making a 20 yard, 15 yard run. I have more energy. I have more time to think and and relax in those moments and pick someone out. Um, you know, rather than crossing into two six foot center backs, I'm looking for the cut back more now. You know, because I'm getting to the end line or whatever it is. So I think I'm really excited about this season and and working on that attacking phase. I think this style will really help um, help me get those assists that I'm missing. So what does this team look like when you win that ball in the? attacking half of the field and that ball trans you know that ball turns over and that transition happens so quickly what does this team look like I'm not sure who's going to be you know out there on Saturday in the starting 11 or whatnot but what does this what does it look like when you win the ball what does that mm -hmm. attacking phase look like without giving away all the tactical genius that you're mm -hmm. on yeah I mean when we win it in one area the main thing is we're going to switch it to the other so you can probably see like let's say I go up to the winger, win the ball in the attacking half. I'll play probably, let's say, midfielder, and they'll switch it to the other side. Now, the other side should be open because in that transition, it won't give the team enough time to close that weak side space. Um, and you see, once we win it, we one pass straight forward, and then we're hoping to have two or three runs in behind, whatever it is, um, so that within a couple passes, we're, we're in the box and either cutting it back or someone's getting a shot off. So I think that's what you expect to see us um, this weekend. And you kind of saw it a little bit in Charlotte where we had four or five chances um, in their box that were, that were close. Depending on who is playing in front of you, how important is that connection, that relationship and how different is it? Let's say if it's, if it's Bongi playing in front of you versus Robin or whoever they end up putting on that side in front of you, or, or regardless of where you're playing, how different is that? Um, how does it change the way you play and how important is that connection, that chemistry? Yeah, it's super important, um, you know, because different guys, especially like, for example, Bongi and Rob, they are both different footed. So, you know, Bongi may like it more in his right foot. Rob's going to like it more in his left foot. Um, and, you know, Rob's good with his feet, so I can always just play him immediately to his feet. Where, where their Bongi's like, you know, he's pretty fast, so I can play him in behind. So those little things um, are huge, and I usually as the outside back have to find what, okay, what are this, what is whoever I'm playing with like the most, what's, what's his strengths, what's his weaknesses. And I try and help them out through that. Um, but yeah, so those things are huge, but those things we're able to develop, develop in training and trying out different formations is, is really cool. And, and I just continue to keep learning about them as we go through situations and continue to build that camaraderie. What are you most excited about, about 2024 looking into Saturday We'll get into Austin a little bit. I know there's going to be a different podcast, sort of deep diving in the game preview. But 
What are you most excited about looking ahead at this season? Um, I think just showing everyone that, you know, all the work we've put in this preseason and in the offseason, even though we kind of ended 2023 not where we wanted, everyone came back. I think the most fit everyone's been, um, you know, all the tests, everybody's hitting the high standards on the test. So I'm really excited for us to just show them who we are and and see how they like the new style that we're we're training and hopefully the club is going to adopt as we move forward. So um, I think it'll be really cool and it'll show kind of like a, I don't know. I feel like the team will finally show its true potential with this new style, which would be really cool. So, how do you balance going into opening day, especially in the situation where you guys are sort of trying to adapt and learn a new style, with also scouting and focusing on what Austin's going to do? I'm I'm guessing they may look very similar to last year, same head coach, somewhat similar of you know of a roster, maybe make a few tweaks here and there. But how do you balance that, and what do you see from this Austin team? Yeah, I think we still, uh, like any other way game, you focus on yourself a lot, you know, as a team and defensively um, being extra precautious with things. And we kind of look at Austin and we know how they're going to play, and you know, sometimes super direct with with Finley out wide. Uh, you know, he likes to run in behind, but we also know they do like to try and play a lot. So we're going to take advantage of that as being a, a highly aggressive pressing team um, where hopefully we can win the ball in higher spots and and punish them. So you kind of look at them a little bit, but we also focus on, okay, hey, this is how we're going to defend. This is how we're going to attack. And and hopefully the results will come. I know you just talked about trying, you know, wanting to prove it and show the fans what you guys have been working on, but how much are you looking forward to not trying to look past Austin, but that home opener on March 2nd, how much are you looking forward to that, to hosting the defending champions and just being back in front of your fans at Allianz field. I know there's an open training session, even before that, that people will hopefully get to come to, but how much are you looking forward to that? And just, you know, this fan base that has like through thick and thin ups and downs, no matter what um, has supported you guys. Yeah, I'm super excited. And I'm, I'm sure most of the guys on the team are as, as well. Um, it's always great playing at home with, in front of all the fans. They're awesome. And I think it'll be more of a relief for them once they see us get, get three points <laughs> so we can hear Wonderwall. Cause you know, they kind of been in the dark more than we have to a degree uh, with everything that's been going on at the club and its rebuilding process. So being able to just show them, you know, Hey, this is where the club's going. This is our future. And, and that will be a successful future is going to be awesome for sure. Well, you guys didn't get to, you didn't get to sing Wonderwall that much last year. No, we didn't. So we your vocal cords, <laughs> your, your pipes should be all ready, right. For, for yeah. March 2nd to sing that one at home. Everyone's going to be ready. Nobody's going to be leaving their seat waiting for that one. Right. Exactly. And especially when you get to shut down the defending champs. I mean, there's it's like a great way to kick off the home, the home season. Yeah. So, well, DJ, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're super busy. You probably got two more sessions today. <laughs> you got a lot going on. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on Saturday at Austin. But uh, good luck this weekend. Looking forward to seeing you. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody, that's another episode of Sound of the Loons, Minnesota United's opener on the road at Austin on Saturday, home opener March 2nd. And then in between there, I believe there is a uh, a, a uh, open training session on February 27th, I believe. So see you guys all out there at Allianz Field. Thanks for joining me. Have a great week.